Hi, hello, good morning, and welcome to this week's serving of Mickey Waffles, a Disney podcast where we cover everything from parks, movies, and merchandise. My name is Sinead. My name's Kate. Hi, how's it going? I'm really tired, Kate. Yeah, I'm not surprised, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I had a I had a work trip yesterday where I had to get a flight at half six, which meant I had to leave my house at half three, and I got home at half eleven, and it was grim. But we're soldiering through. So we last week we went through the Disneyland Paris hotels. And we said this week we would start on trip planning. However, as soon as we got into it, we realized how much is involved in trip planning. Yeah, so we started doing research. And even from researching, like we split it up, what we want to talk about, we split it up in between us. And just from looking at the stuff that I wanted to talk about, I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to need a whole episode just for this. So what we've decided to do is, this is it, we're doing our whole trip planning series, starting now. So yeah, this week we're going to go through when you might want to go, because obviously the first thing you'll decide with going to Disneyland Paris is when you want to go. So we'll give you a rundown of seasons and point out some things on a crowd calendar, and then next week Kate will go through where to book and where you can potentially save some money by booking via various different places yep and that'll be the start of it obviously we've already done hotels so we'll sort of insert where in your booking process you'd look at hotels yeah but we've obviously already done the reviews of the hotel so we're not going to do those again so we'll insert where you should go back and listen to that podcast if you're interested in doing it step by step but apart from the hotels we're going to go from the very beginning of when you choose your of when you choose when to do your trip all the way through your trip to the very end until you're coming home Yep. And we'll also go through how we roughly plan park days and how to get the most of extra magic hours or extra magic time, shall I say, just to make sure that you get the most out of your trip. Yeah, so we'll be giving you like tips and tricks. Obviously, you don't have to follow all of them or any of them. Some of them also might not work for you or your family. Yeah. But maybe if you even take one or two away from them, it might be a big help. Exactly. So before we get into all of that, though, we have to go through the news. So starting today in the Walt Disney Studios Park in Disneyland Paris, we have the French Citizens of Hollywood. Is that what they're actually called? Is that, is that their official title? I don't. Did you just make that up? I just made that up. Oh, that's okay. I was just wondering. Yeah. So again, I mean, we've only got five seconds in and let's mention ED92. <laughs> They've posted a video online of some really great cast member interaction with guests and they were getting kids involved and... People were using the little director clicker. And oh, yeah, they were like... Yeah, and there's trash... Is it push the trash can? Yeah, I think so. He's knocking about. So, yeah, I think it's really fun. It's cute that they're adding stuff into Walt Disney Studios as they're taking things are away. closing down. It's very much... It's very much starting to look like Hollywood Studios did for a while. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Yeah, when everything was closed. Everything still is closed, but yeah. not for much longer with Galaxy's Edge. But yeah, it seems really cute. I think it is all in. I think they only speak French, though. From what I, from the video that we saw, I think everything was in French. So I think it's probably quite limited. I'd say there's a strong percentage that are probably bilingual. Yeah, but that's something you'd have to find out on the day when you were there, I suppose. Yeah, or more information might come out about it. Like this is the first ever video we've ever seen. Yeah. Give it a couple of weeks and there might be a couple more videos on YouTube about it. Mm. So keep an eye on your social media. It looks fun. It's nice that they're adding in some extra offerings that you don't have to queue for, which is always nice because it's getting into those busier months. But yeah, 
cute. I'm not mad at it. I think it's fun. I agree. Another Disneyland Paris news. Uh, this week, Disneyland Paris released a new Instagram account called the Insta Guide. Yeah. And it was basically, it, it was, it still exists. It's an Instagram account that gives people tips on how to take the perfect Instagram photos while they're in the park. Now, the way the Instagram account is set up at the moment, I'm really confused. Like, what else are they going to do? Like, is it just... I don't understand why they've... They've got an official blue tick and everything. Yeah. Like, this went through Instagram. It's, it's, it's really weird. Like, I and most other people only found out... So, we got sent out an Infinity Pass holder... I think it went out to all pass holders email basically advising of things that were coming up and i think it, the main body of the email was about phantom manor reopening and down the bottom it said check out our new disneyland paris instagram page and i was like what what on earth is this went and had a look and i was like okay the page has actually been up for weeks oh, has and it has been live for weeks because those at least some of the posts that are up there already have been up there since middle end of april so it's been there oh. for a while, but clearly they weren't getting any traction on it. And even when I went into it, I think there was only a couple hundred people following it, not even thousands. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I think it's cute. One really hilarious thing, though, was, so they have it laid out with all these different ones of, like, how to take cute pictures of snacks and how to take cute pictures of, I think there's one thing about sunsets. But they had one about Disney walls, which is obviously a massive thing in the U.S. parks. It's not really a thing too much in Paris, but the scrim that they've put up around Art of Animation, a lot of people are taking pictures with that wall. Me. You in particular. <laughs> but it's it's not really a thing in Disneyland Paris, so clearly they're trying to make it a thing. But as someone pointed out on Twitter, one of the pictures was someone climbed up on top of a thing in Adve- in Adventureland with a background, the background being one of the Adventureland walls. And someone pointed out, Really, Disneyland Paris, we want to be encouraging more people to climb on things to get good photos? No. Is this really a message you want to be sending out? No. I saw that tweet. I went back over to the Twitter. That was gone. To the Instagram, (laughs) sorry. That was gone. Oh, DLP. I'm just like, how did no one vet this first? How did nobody think of this? But I just don't really understand, like, past what they currently have on the Instagram account at the moment. Yeah. Like, what else are they going to put up there? Because when does it turn from a here's ideas to here's just pictures of people in the park yeah i mean i think it'd be cool if they got some like influencers if they gave it to say some influencers for like a week and was like it's your week run the the page and you could follow around with different people doing it i think that would be quite cool and they could share tips or like but yeah i don't know especially because it's called a guide and like and it also, okay. it does, it's not even really a guide. It's just sample photos. Yeah. Excuse me, sorry. So it doesn't say, like, you should, like, at this time is a great time for this. Or if you take it from this angle, you can get this. Yeah. It doesn't actually have any guides in it. It's just sample photos. Yeah, it, 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 it's a bit of a, it's an odd thing. I think if they found a way of doing it and maybe if they went down the route of giving it to influencers or whatever they're visiting DLP I think that could be quite fun because you can follow around and have it as like short vlogs almost yeah or even if they were just sharing pictures that other people have taken yeah Yeah. that other people have taken and gone these are great and then put them in all the different categories yeah but the way it's set up at the moment I'm confused yeah it's weird give it a look see what you think some of the pictures on it are lovely but I just, it seemed, 
weird. Especially the fact that we only found out about it from an annual pass holder email. So for your average guest, are they planning on them ever seeing it or no? Probably not. Like, is it just for people who go regularly and they're like, but then I don't know, is it them trying to jump on the whole Instagram bandwagon of, oh, people are taking all these aesthetically pleasing photos of the park. Yeah. And it's, which is free advertising, which is like 99% of influencer stuff anyway, unless they're being gifted. And they're like, oh, we should like nudge them forward into how we want our products to be displayed when they're giving us the free advertising. Yeah. I don't really know to be honest. Because but all the all the sample photos they have, I've seen people take those photos ten thousand times. Yeah. So it's not that they have no new ways of taking photos that I've seen in there. Certainly not groundbreaking. No, they're all photos where I'm like, oh yeah, like we've taken those photos or I've seen other Disney Instagram accounts take those photos. Yeah. Of those specific places. So I don't really understand what they're going for. It's weird. I mean, if you want to check it out, it's DLP Instaguide on Instagram. It's an an official one. It's got a little blue tick. Yeah. You won't be able to miss it. Very, very weird. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. To follow on from last week where we were talking about the Disneyland Railway and how excited we were. There's been a delay because of course there has. So it was originally supposed to be opening in spring of this year and it's now been pushed back to the earliest mid-August. I hope it's open when we go. There's at least, there's like a month and a half buffer in there before we go. So I would hope, but it could turn into Phantom Manor and never reopen. I think that's everything for DLP apart from Guest Star Tuesday, but we'll do that at the end. So moving back to the top of our list where it's not Disneyland Paris related stuff. So that was a really slow news week for Disneyland Paris. I struggled. There really wasn't much to talk about. Not much was... Yeah. said I suppose I suppose it's also a slow, di- slow time for Disneyland Paris in general mm. like it's a nice little dip in season yeah so I guess there's not much really happening but in Disneyland California news the scrim and the walls have finally come down from around Sleeping Beauty's castle in Disneyland California and she is beautiful oh it's so pretty oh man the pinks are popping and the blues are glittery it is such a beautiful refurb it is stunning like i was always a firm person that was like disneyland paris has the prettiest castle and i will fight anyone that tells me anything otherwise i'm like Ooh, Disneyland's looking real good yes the castle's looking great there was a lot of um Lashback? Is that the word I'm looking for? Was there? Yeah, from people who didn't like it. Really? Yeah. There was loads of people online who didn't like it. They said the pinks were too harsh. The blues were too bright. Like, it wasn't the castle they knew. But when you put them side by side, like, there's some really good side by side pictures on Instagram. Yeah. And it looks, the old castle, the way the castle used to look, just looks so dull. Yeah. Like, it's it's something that I think, who was it? I think it's Pete on the Diz always says... At the end of the day, the parks aren't supposed to be museums. They're supposed to be ever-changing. And I get that there is a culture in Disneyland that people don't want massive changes happening because it's Walls Park and they want to preserve it. And I completely understand that. However, when you see how rundown, I feel like, is too harsh a phrase. No, I think dull dull is a good word. Like, it just looked dull. It looked washed out. Like, it's getting bleached by the California sun constantly, so... But I just, I think it's beautiful. The brickwork is done quite similar to the castle in Disneyland Paris. The way they've kind of added texture into the bricks is very similar. And it does, I've seen someone post comparisons between Disneyland Paris's castle a couple of years ago. 
and the new Disneyland California castle and they are very very similar the main difference is the roof so on the roof they've put in all these different kind of mosaics and stuff Mm -hmm. so it looks like there's glitter on it or there's different designs on them yeah but other than that from kind of the roof down the castles do look very similar they do have the same kind of pinks now don't they yeah they kind of they kind of mimic each other a lot i would love to see disneyland paris get i'd love to see sleeping beauty castle get a bit of a facelift along the lines of this I don't think it needs quite the level that the Disneyland Resort one got, but ED92, again, posted some pictures earlier last week of Sleeping Beauty Castle not looking so great. Oh, yeah. No, I know what you're talking about now. I was like, what are we talking about? Um, Yeah, so there was like little chips out of the sides of some of the windowsills, and it's just looking a bit paint peeling in places and i get it like now that you'd call rundown yeah it's not dull like the colors are still there in sleeping beaks castle and dlp but it's definitely not being looked after looked after as well as it should be yeah so i hope 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 that maybe the disneyland castle will get a little facelift before the 30th that'd be nice yeah that'd be, that'd be the 30th yeah that'd be welcomed um but yeah the disneyland resort castle is so freaking pretty yeah it's actually really nice and the a lot of people who originally said they didn't like it i think it's slowly growing on them even though it's only been a few days um but i do really like it it's, it's just really good it's so nice and i've seen a couple people take videos of walking down main street in california because main street in california the way the castle was or at least how i experienced it back in 2014 you kind of almost miss the castle and i get that it's small that's fine but because Size the colors exactly size <laughs> is not important because the colors weren't vibrant you'd kind of just miss it because it kind of just blended in but I've seen people take video footage of walking down Main Street now and it really pops, like the castle really drags your attention. Yeah. So I, I think it's great. I love it. It's beautiful. Bab, happy days. So we've had the Disney Legends for 2019 announced and the ceremony will take place at D23 later this year. And it's a right mix of people. There's some people that are in parks. It's mainly people that aren't involved in the parks though, which is quite interesting. Considering the parks have had such a big push in the last five to ten years Mm -hmm. and have become exponentially more popular in the past two to three years, that's surprising. Yeah, and I get that because I know the past couple of years it's been a lot of the Imagineers and stuff that would have worked with Walt. Now, the two people that are going in this year from the parks, they are more like they still work for the company. They're still involved in ongoing things now. Uh Uh-huh. Which is quite nice because obviously they've been involved in the particular push that's been the past couple of years. But it, it it's interesting. It's a lot of it's a lot of actors and stuff, which I get it. But it just you feel like Disney Legends shouldn't just be like awards for actors. Yeah, it should be people who highly contribute to the Disney magic. Is what I kind of want to say. Yeah, I agree. So we'll give you a quick run through of everybody that is getting inducted. So first we have Wing Chow, who has worked for Disney for 37 years. Imagine working for Disney for 37 years. I worked there for three and a half and it was long enough. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it any longer. (laughs) That was long enough. He served as the vice chairman of Walt Disney Parks and Resorts for Asia Specific Development, as well as an executive vice president of Walt Disney Imagineering. That's highly accomplished. Isn't it? Not gonna lie. Yeah. 
So he's worked on mainly the Asian parks, but he's kind of had a hand in, basically from what I can see here, all things Disney. Wow. Totally deserves it though. Yeah. Good man. Good man. Good man, Wing Chow. Next up, we have Robert Downey Jr. Obviously, best known for Iron Man. Yeah. Does he deserve a Disney legend though? This is where a lot of people kind of, and there, there was a similar, there was a similar kind of controversial conversation going on around when Stan Lee was getting inducted into the Disney Legends and people saying, hmm. does, is this something that... Does that count? That's the thing. My, what I chose to take as my view on it, particularly with Stan Lee, is that Marvel has done so much for Disney since they took it over. And Stanley really is the equivalent of Walt Disney to comic books. This is true. This is very true. That I'm like, and he's in, he was, he's been in every single Marvel movie. So it's not like he's kind of just, he slaps his name on stuff or he slaps his face on stuff, but he's never involved. Yeah. So I kind of understood that. And we were talking about it earlier and I think with Robert Downey Jr., yes, he is mainly to do with Marvel more so than Disney, but I think he's done he's done a lot of good as Iron Man. Like he is well known for getting involved in children's charities and raising money and visiting sick kids and stuff like that, which really does fit in with the Disney ethics of how they run things. Yeah. So with that kind of in mind, I'm like, yeah. Plus he's an integral person in one of Disney's well, in Disney's highest grossing movie ever, if not in the world. So, I mean... Yeah, I no, it. sorry, I was just thinking. Yeah, no, I suppose. Like, if you said Disney legend, Robert Downey Jr. wouldn't come to mind mm. first. But I suppose in technicalities, I guess, sure. Yeah. And and I suppose on a on a similar similar wavelength, John Favreau. Who is John Favreau? Do I Happy. know John Favreau? Oh! What else has he done for Disney, apart from being happy? He's been in both Ironmans. He's been in the live-action Jungle Book. Um, he was in the Hercules TV show, Buzz Lightyear of Starkman, G4, Star Wars, Clone Wars. He was in Solo. And he is writing and executive producing The Manadalorian for Disney+. Plus. Ah. You see, I think that's what might have peaked it. Yeah. Because otherwise he's just an actor that's in a lot of Disney movies. Yeah. Or Disney-owned movies. I think it's quite cute that Iron Man and Happy are going in together. But, yeah, yeah. But, again, like, that's like putting Robert Downey Jr. and John Favreau. John Favreau? Hmm. Like, on the same Yeah, I think tier. Like, has John Favreau done as much for Disney as John Robert Downey Jr. has? It depends what you value as... Do you know what I mean? Like, he's done more within the Walt Disney Company. Yeah. I just think there's probably more deserving cast members. Anyway, who's next? The next one is a voice that we all know well and love dearly. James Earl Jones. Hey. I think this is a sh- I think this is fair. And yeah. I know we've just given out about the other two kind of just being actors, but James Earl Jones, James Earl Jones, I can't speak today. Like one of the most well-known Disney voices. voices yeah. So I fully support it. He's been in more than I thought. What else has he been in? Um, the voice of Santa Claus. Um, Disney nature films. He's been a narrator for the candlelight ceremony in Disneyland. Cute. Yeah. So he's done He's done more than I thought he had. But I have no issue with this. Especially with everything that's been going on with Star Wars. And Star Wars has been a part of Disney for much longer than before they owned it. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. And yeah. I don't have an issue with that. I love James Earl Jones. Cool. 
Next one is my personal fave. Bette Midler. Again, an actor. Yeah, but Kate, she's been in loads. What else has Bette Midler done apart from Hocus Pocus? She's been in The Lottery and produced a, a short film produced for the Disney MGM theme park in Florida with the backstage tour. Oh, that's cute. So she's been involved in the parks. Oh, that's a lot. I, I said this earlier, if she does, if she doesn't go up and accept her award and immediately go sisters, I'm a bee. <laughs> I'm going to cause a riot because she's like she loves that she was Winifred Sanderson like she posts about it every single Halloween that's cute next is Kenny Ortega I love Kenny Ortega Kenny Ortega is bae Kenny Ortega for anyone who doesn't know did the direct and choreography on High School Musical 1, 2 and 3 Descendants 1, 2 and 3 Teen Beach Movie and Hocus Pocus mm-hmm. amongst many others and Cheetah Girls too exactly like Kenny Ortega is just one beautiful mind now you cannot say that Kenny Ortega has not provided a lot to Disney oh 100% like, like High School Musical 1, 2 and 3 is just that was a time in itself Descendants 1, 2 and 3 I know for people who we're big fans of Pisces Musical, won't be big fans of Descendants unless you're me, because you're the wrong time period for it. Yeah. But Descendants is actually the high school musical of its time. Mm-hmm. Like, kids go crazy for Descendants. Yeah. And when we worked in the store, the amount of kids looking for Descendants stuff, like, I'd say that gave so much money to their merchandising. Yeah. Um, and Kenny Ortega, from what I, I've heard and what I've seen of, like, behind the scenes stuff, is a lovely, lovely human. Okay, cool. So. Apparently he's just always so helpful and if people are struggling with things, he's always there to help them. So, yeah, I think that's totally deserved. Fair. I'm, I'm on board. Um, next is Barnett Ricci, who started her Disney career in the 60s and she's a choreographer. So she's choreographed a bunch of the parades, a lot of the Christmas parades, America on Parade if that's not the most Disney thing in the world America on Parade <laughs> um, the Main Street Electrical Parade she's also worked on the ground yep that's how the Main Street Electrical Parade sounds in my head yep she's also worked on the grand openings of Disney World Epcot Tokyo Disneyland and she has done a lot her, Jesus, she's done tons her biggest project was creating Fantasmic wow yeah. imagine you helped create Fantasmic yeah that's a whopper so I think that is She's entirely fair. She retired in 2013 after more than 40 years in the Disney company. It sounds like she had a really fun job though. Yeah. I'd say that would be great crack. Hard, but I'd say it'd be great crack. Yeah, I'd say it was definitely difficult, but she must have enjoyed it to stick it out for 40 years. Yeah, exactly. So Barnett Ricci, absolutely. And the next one is Robin Roberts, who is from ESPN. Okay. She joined in 1990. I do not know sports, so I do not have any idea. Um, I know sports, but I don't know ESPN. Yeah. She was named one of Glamour's Women of the Year before. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Great. Diane Sawyer from ABC News is also being inducted. Cool. Yeah. And this is where we pitch her off into the what Disney bought. Oh, no. No, no. Now we have Ming-Na Wen who is in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but she was Mulan. Oh, yeah. In Marvel? She was Mulan in Marvel. No, yeah. she was Mulan. She was Mulan. Yeah. She's the voice of Mulan. Yeah. Oh. I was confused. No. Now she's known for playing Agent Melinda May in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, okay. But she originally started out being Mulan. That's fair. I think that's cute. She saved China. 
Ooh, she also did a voice, she did voice work for Phineas and Ferb. Well, I love her. <laughs> I love her, so give her, give her two. There you go. And last but not least, I think, yes, last but not least, we have Hans Zimmer. What a who, man. His early work for Disney includes White Fang and the music for Cool Runnings. Oh, wow. His best work. Yeah, and then the instrumental score of The Lion King. Oh, man, he's done a lot. Oh, Hans Zimmer has done loads but particularly for disney he also did crimson tide muppet treasure island the rock pearl harbor king arthur iron man and then hans is the guiding force behind the music of the pirates of the caribbean franchise and has done the music for all of them and he has also composed the music for this summer's reimagining of the lion king yeah it's not surprising have you noticed there's a lot of like twos so like mean? iron man and john favreau oh. iron man robert downey jr and john favreau yeah iron man Bette Midler and Kenny Ortega. Oh, yeah. Hocus Pocus. Yeah. There's a lot of overlapping. James Earl Jones, Hans Zimmer. This is true. There's a lot of little, like, pairings can be made there. I wonder if that's a coincidence or not. It's probably just a coincidence. I don't think Disney will have put as much thought into that (laughs) as I have. But, well, you never know, though. It would not surprise me from what has been heard about Robert Downey Jr. wouldn't surprise me if he said, I'll only go in if you bring John Favreau in as well. You know what? I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, that's actually, yeah. No, that's a really good point. Yeah. He knows he has all the cards. Yeah. So, yes, that's this year's inductees for the Disney Legends Award. If you don't know what the Disney Legends Award, the best thing I can kind of equate it to is if you're a wrestling fan, it's like the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. I don't even mean, there's no really other way to explain what it is. No, but give it a Google. Everyone that you would probably expect to be in it is already in it but give it a gook let us know anyone that you think should be inducted is there anyone that you can think of off the top of your head that should be part of the hall of fame that's not not the hall of fame that should be the hall of fame well the new day <laughs> is there anyone that you can think of that isn't a disney legend that you feel should be no this is too big of a question to ask me with no or anyone that you would like in years to come to become a disney legend I have one. You say yours then. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, of course. Of course. Always. Love Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He's great. That's Disney Legends. Yes. I remember last week, was it last week or the week before, we were talking about how uh, there's going to be Toy Story characters for Toy Story 4. It was a couple of episodes ago. I can't remember when. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Remember, guys, we were talking about um, there was going to be Toy Story characters yes. in Toy Story. There was going to be like a Toy Story thing in Disneyland Paris. Mm-hmm around the time of Toy Story 4 mm-hmm. and we said that Bo Peep was going to be there and we both said man I hope they don't do the same time do the same character costume they did for Bo Peep as they did last time because that's horrific well um <laughs> I hate in to break fairness, it to you <laughs> in fairness and I've I've had the weekend to process it I they couldn't not have her as a quote-unquote fair character shall we say because she's meant to be a toy. So she's not supposed to look like a real person. She is supposed to look plastic and fake. But she and looks terrifying. I don't think she looks that bad. The neck thing is weird. Don't get me wrong. I just think her, her weird, f- like, bul- bulgy neck thing is weird. However, like, compared to, like, Woody and Buzz and Jessie all look weird. And she's supposed to fit into that realm. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense. I think Buzz and... I think Buzz looks alright. But I, I... Again, I've always thought that Woody and Jessie look weird as well. Yeah. So she's supposed to fit into that realm. So I think it kind of makes sense. She definitely looks better than Bo Peep has looked before. Do you think they've, like, done something to her? I'd say it's her eyes. It's always the eyes that get you. Yeah. 
Um, anyway, so they release pictures of Bo Peep in her new outfit. It's, she's not in her old outfit. She's no. in her new one that's going to be in a Toy Story 4. Badass Bo Peep. Yeah. And she does have, um, yeah, she is quote unquote a fur character. She's not a face character. They haven't just slapped loads of makeup on someone and made them look like a doll. They actually, she has a full costume and stuff. Yeah. Which again, it, it makes sense. She's supposed to look like a Barbie doll. So I kind of get it. This is true. Is she still not perfect, perfect. looking? No. But better. Yeah, anyway, she was showcased specifically for the cruise line, but this is obviously going to be the Bo Peep character that they use from now on if they continue to use her yeah. for other events and such. Yep. So, last but not least, well, before Guest Star Tuesday, we mentioned a few weeks back about the Walt Disney World Magic Band. So before you could only get solid colours for your Magic Band... But now they're offering that for a $10 upgrade fee, shall we say? Yeah, pretty much. You can get a designed one. And we've had some pictures posted on the Instagrams of what you can get as your options now. And there's quite a good variety. There are so many. Like, there are loads. There's a lot lot to choose from. I like that there's a lot of park ones as well. I kind of like the Epcot one. There's the Epcot one. one is cute. There's, um, is that a Phantom Manor? Yeah. Phantom Manor cast member one. Yeah. There's also a Flynn Rider one. There is. Which may possibly has Rapunzel on the other side. I don't know. I love the genie one because it's like holiday genie. Oh with the yeah. Little goofy with hat. the little goofy hat. Cute. There's a Captain Marvel one. There's a Dory one. There's a Baymax one. There's at least three different Minnie Mouse ones. There's a really creepy Nightmare for Christmas one. There's a Rainbow Pride one. That one's super cute. That one's very nice. There's a Moana one. Mm-hmm. There's a Dole Whip one. Yeah. There's a villains one. There's a female villains and then there's a male villains. Yeah. There's a Toy Story Land one. Stitch, Thumper, Tinkerbell, Vanilla Vivant Sweets. What one would you pick if you have to? Um, maybe the snacks one. You wouldn't go for Flynn Rider? The park food one. I don't know if the Flynn Rider one had Rapunzel on the other side. I probably would. But I don't know Ooh. if I'd go for one just with Flynn on it. Controversial. I'd either get the Disney food one or maybe the Rainbow Pride one. Because I'm all there for rainbows. I would go for the Haunted Mansion one. Surprise! They also do like character ones. So there's one that looks like Mickey Mouse's clothes, and there's one that looks like Goofy's clothes. The other one I would be tempted by is the Pluto one from that same one because I think it's so cute because it has this little collar. Look at the old Donald Duck one. Yeah, it's ang- it's real angry looking. It's like ah, new Fooey. Donald. I don't, no, I don't like new Donald. No, there's also a Belle one, an Ariel one. There's actually tons to choose from. Yeah, there's, there's a good so selection. many. There's a there's a good selection. Like so. for your extra ten dollars, I'd happily. I now that I've seen the range that there is, I'd happily pay an extra ten dollars and get one of these ones rather than a solid color. Yeah, because it's not like don't get me wrong, the solid color ones are fine. And if you don't really care, if you're literally just using it as a, it's an easy way for me to have my tickets and my room key. That it makes perfect sense, but. I would pay the extra tenner and get my Haunted Mansion one. Yeah, and it's definitely Disney looking at, do you know the way you can, if you get your, oh, no, sorry, do you know the you can order, like, decals yeah. off Etsy and you can stick them on your Magic Band? This is Disney going, well, they, they're giving $10 to someone on Etsy to like, personalise their Magic Band. So They should give that $10 to us. Exactly. So they've bulk ordered all of these specific designs that yeah. you can have and they're like, well, it costs us an extra... 50 cents to put these designs on it but you can give us an extra $10 and not give those $10 to an Etsy person 
I wonder if these are, are these magic bands exclusive that you can only get them as an upgrade or can you still buy these regular? Not a clue. There's a good point though. We'll have, we'll, we'll have a look and we'll find out and we'll let you know. So that's all for the news. But the last thing, you know, today is Tuesday, Kate. You know what that means. This week we had the genie, we had Jasmine and we had the Sultan. Sultanas. You know that's the actual name for a female sultan? Sultana. Yeah. Wow. Genuinely. It was like a quiz on a radio show one time and I was like, oh, that's a weird thing. That's strange, isn't it? Yeah. But anyways, it the was... Sultan and the Raisin. Yeah. <laughs> it was the regular genie. So he, again, danced one way down Main Street and the poor, the poor soul then had to dance the other way back because the Guest Star Tuesday dance is quite like... It is, yeah. It's quite intensive. Jiggy. But also, the genie has a quite intensive dance the whole way yeah. back up, so that's going to be one tired genie. He's going to want to be in the lamp for a couple thousand years after that. Good lord. Um, yes, yeah, so it was genie, Jasmine, and a sultan. Same, is Jasmine in the parade? No. No? No. Oh, because just Aladdin at the front, yeah. isn't it? That's weird. It's just Aladdin and genie. The sultan was on the same little trike thing that Louis was on when we were there, which is basically the repurposed 25th anniversary ones, which are... They're cute. Yeah. They have little Mickey Mouse heads on top. Mm-hmm. I assume this is because Aladdin gets released soon. I can only assume, yeah. I think, I feel like they did this last year with something else. What was it Mary called? Poppins? Maybe. Which wasn't last year, it was this year? No, it was last year. Before Christmas, wasn't it? Actually, maybe it was. I just know that I saw it twice. And I actually, <laughs> earlier on today, I was actually thinking about buying the Blu-ray so I could watch it over the weekend. I mean, I think that's fair. Because I was listening to the soundtrack again and I was like... Wait a minute. This is so much better with the moving pictures. <laughs> so that's it for the news. Yeah. Now we're moving on to what is the start of a long, long journey. To Disneyland. <laughs> so we're going to start with when should you go to Disneyland? Yeah. Both from a crowd period of when it's busiest to when it's quietest, but then also what is actually on in the park. Because if you're looking for your best value for money, sometimes you can go and there's no extra season on. So you might not be getting what you feel like is your best value for money. But if you're going at a time period like Christmas or Halloween or Star Wars or Marvel, you're getting more bang for your book because there's more stuff going on that there wouldn't usually be going on. So we're going to run you down through all of the different seasons that are currently going on in Disneyland Paris. There have been some seasons that happened that they don't do anymore, like Swing into Spring. Um, that was replaced with Pirates and Princesses, but in the future, Swing into Spring might come back and Pirates and Princesses might go again. So just know that a lot of these seasons can swap and change. Obviously, Christmas and Halloween are always there, but a lot of these seasons can be taken out and swapped in with new ones, but they're usually swapped in at the same kind of time. Yeah, we have dates down here. Again, these are the dates for this year specifically. It does change. I know Pirates and Princesses was a lot later in the year. In twenty seven, in twenty eighteen, when are we? <laughs> so yeah, Parts and Princesses has been later previously, but this year it kind of mirrored the same time frame as Seasons of the Force. So that kind of time period, you got a lot of extra stuff for your money. Yeah, we are. We're also just going to touch on Halloween and Christmas. And we're going to pull those out into separate episodes because we know that they are times that people would be more likely to go. There's also a lot more on around those times because the park gets more heavily themed to those times of the year as well. So we'll go through each of the seasons and then we've pulled up 
a crowd calendar that we didn't use in our last trip clearly but we have been keeping an eye on you for know, our next when trip. we look at this crowd calendar that whole month is red the whole month it yeah. is literally the busiest time to go bar the week of christmas yeah don't go in april no bad decision yeah oh well moving on anyway so we started from the first season that starts in January, because obviously as we get to a Christmas runs into January. So the first season that you happen upon is Seasons of the Force, which is obviously to do with Star Wars, which takes place in Walt Disney Studios. It runs from the 12th of January until the 17th of March. It's so a long a, time. Yeah, you get a good, good few months out of that. What you get is there's a character show, because it's, it's the same show that ran when we were there, when they were doing the full Star Wars when they extended it that first year that they ran it in 2017. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's basically, you get some stormtroopers falling about the place. And you get a lot of your traditional Star Wars characters pop out. Like, you get your Darth Vader, your Kylo Ren, you get the droids. You, we definitely got Chewbacca. I don't think we got any face characters, shall we call no, them? No. I, I don't no, think we got Rey or anything no like that. There was no Rey or anything, no. Definitely There not. definitely was Captain Phasma. And was there... Who's the red one? Maul? Darth Maul. I yeah. Don't know. Was Darth Maul there? Can't remember. No, neither can I. Sorry. But yeah, so you have a stage show that runs a couple times throughout the day. As far as I can remember, much like the Marvel season that we just spoke about, every second one was in French, French. from what I can recall. But rather than there being a couple different shows, there is just that one main show. And then there is also a full projection show that takes place on the Terror of Terror. We never got to see it when we were there. But I am hoping that at some stage, maybe next year, we'll see. Um, I would like to go over to Disneyland Paris during that time period because, as I said, you get a lot of bang for your book. There's a lot going on. Yeah. So I would, and I love Star Wars, so I I would really like to see Seasons of the Force. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have children who are big Star Wars fans, or even if you have big kids that are big Star Wars fans, it's definitely a really good time to go. January can be a very quiet period of time to go to Disneyland Paris. So if you're willing to, I don't know, take a couple of days off work or take kids out of school for a couple of days, then it can be a really good time to go. Yeah. You can also meet Chewbacca during this time period. Ooh. I would love a hug off Chewbacca. Little chewy hugs. Oh, I'd love it. A little bit of chewy cuddle. Which, I mean, you'd probably need because January's real cold in this Cold, Paris, yeah. So, a little... <laughs> Come to me, Chewy. Come little, here. little fuzzy cuddle couldn't, wouldn't be amiss. So, yeah, the season of the force is the first season that kicks off the new year in DLP. And they start uh, advertising that before Christmas. Yes. On like the TV, on, on the TV, um, <laughs> uh, TV ads and stuff like that. They start advertising it like just before Christmas. Yeah. You do obviously still have your regular Star Wars offerings over in Disneyland Park of Star Tours, Hyperspace Mountain for however long we still have that for and meeting Darth Vader. So they are all still available as well as the BB-8 burger in Videopolis. Yes. Which is pretty good. Uh, then around the same sort of time, we have the second season that is currently on in this sort of like yearly period. Uh, Pirates, uh, Princess and Pirates and Princesses, Princess and Pirates. Princess and Pirates is what I saw it everywhere. Ah, Princess and Pirates though. Uh, it runs from the 19th of January to the 17th of March. I've never been there when it's on, so neither of us have seen this, but I've watched a lot of YouTube videos on it and it looked pretty cute. Uh, there was, there's a per special Princess and Pirates parade yep. that happens four times a day. 
and Mickey is dressed up as a prince and Minnie's dressed up as a pirate which is very cute and the dancers go up onto the four little stages that's where I got confused the dancers go up onto the four little stages and they all there's this whole dance that goes on and it's all very cute like if you've I think it's good that they have it uh, this year anyway that they put it the same time season the force because depending on how old your kids are i know that a lot of little kids can be quite frightened by star wars and the star wars characters so they may not offend offerings there but princess and pirates is a bit softer yeah it seems like a really fun parade anytime i ever saw stuff about it because i know on the pirates one there's like trampolines and stuff involved as far as i'm aware and i remember seeing videos of cast members teaching kids how to do the princess dress the princess dress the princess dance which is so cute speaking of dresses though i don't like the costumes in this uh, yeah, parade i was just thinking about that as well yeah i forgot to mention that all the princesses in this parade had different dresses than they usually would so obviously there's it's their same aesthetic like rapunzel's in purple and tiana's in green and all that sort of stuff yeah. but their dresses are all sort of like weathered and they've got all these like weird flower braids that go through them and they're all a bit like their colors aren't as vibrant i don't think they're a bit duller it's a bit weird and i thought i remember seeing pictures from this past year and i was like oh maybe it's because it's now more so in kind of the wintry months so maybe it's like their cold costumes or whatever but it's they did kind of have to put like sleeves and gloves and stuff on and there were a good few weeks that there were days that the parades couldn't run because it was so cold or because it was snowing or because it was icy because it did snow a lot around that time as well like proper snow yeah and because all of the offerings for this are is outside they had to cancel a lot of it so i know there was i think there was a full week where it just didn't run which again i completely understand that they want to make sure the cast are safe but yeah i don't know i i would sooner book a trip purely based off seasons of the forest than i would pirates and princesses Luckily, they're on at the same time, so if I go to see Seasons of the Force, I'll see Pirates and Princesses. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. It's meant to be a really, really fun parade. Yeah. Uh, From what I've heard, it it is better than Swing into Spring. Okay. Uh, People who frequented during both times said that Princess and Pirates was a lot better than Swing into Spring. So, sure. I also think that if you're a little girl, you don't really care. Yeah. How the... Like, we're just being overly critical because... We actually don't particularly enjoy their costumes, but like if you're five and you want to see Belle in a parade, yeah, true. you don't particularly care that her dress is a bit different. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. But yeah, it's just important to note that both their seasons are at the same time, pretty much. May not be next year. They might have changed next year. But yeah, both are on at the same time. So if you're looking to kind of experience the most while you're in Disneyland Paris... <laughs> the most. The most. Because <laughs> there's so much going on that you yeah, may as well go at that time. Yeah, it's true. So yeah, the next one on the list we went through at length over the past couple episodes. So it's the Marvel Season of Superheroes, which again takes place in Walt Disney Studios. It runs from the 23rd of March to the 16th of June. There are three shows that take place throughout the day. There's a show inside the old Cinemagique Theatre. There's one on the main stage outside. And there's like a smaller dance party one with the Guardians of the Galaxy. There are three special character meet and greets, um, which are Captain Marvel, Captain America, and a brand new photo op for Spider-Man as well. There's a lot goes on during the Marvel season of superheroes. Yeah, there is a lot. There is a lot on offer. 
Um, I do also think that as the construction for Walt Disney Studios goes further, that the seasons that are offered in studios may increase in volume. Probably. So I know that when we talked about Seasons of the Force a few minutes ago, and we talked about all the stuff that was going on, maybe when we see Seasons of Force in January, the stuff that was the stuff that's closed January 2020 will have still have been opened January 2019. So we may even see more things for Seasons of the Force in the upcoming years. Mm. As we've seen, like there is a huge difference on what's on offer for Marvel Seasons of Superheroes than there was for Seasons of the Force. Oh, big time. So just maybe possibly keep that in mind if you're planning on booking a trip for next January that there may be more on offer or when the new advertisements come out for Seasons of the Force, if they do it next year, just have a look because there may actually be more on offer. If you ask them when they're booking, they will tell you everything that they know anyway. Yeah. Marvel was good. I enjoyed it. Would you book another trip purely to experience Marvel season superheroes? Probably not. I don't think, as we spoke about before, I don't think we're at the right age target for it. Um, I do love Marvel, but I think there's something about Marvel that really isn't... Like, that. the Marvel in the parks is really inclined to a younger audience. Yeah. Which is fine, which is perfectly acceptable. But I enjoyed that it was on while we were there, but I probably wouldn't book just to see Marvel, whereas I would book to see Christmas. No, that makes I sense. agree. I think, that, I think that's completely fair. I think it definitely does have an audience, and it is really fun. If you want to hear more in-depth information about what we thought of the Marvel season, you can check out our Trip Report episode, where we'll give you a full rundown of the characters and the mini waffle episode where we go through the shows kind of more so in depth so yeah that's marvel season of superheroes then after that we have the lion king and jungle festival did they do this last year or is this a new one this is new yeah so this is a new season that they have this year it runs from the 30th of june to the 22nd of september uh there's not much we can say about it because it's not been a thing yet so we only know what disney have told us uh, one of the things involved in the season is that package that we spoke about a few times ago. Yeah, which is €99. Euro. You get a character meal with Rafiki and Mickey, a meet and greet with Minnie. Both Mickey and Minnie will be in their safari outfits. You get a cup, you get premiere seating for the show, you get a drum lesson, you get a €15 euro gift card... And I think that's everything. Yeah, that's really good. Well done. I'm really proud that you remembered all that. Thanks. Um, and also there is that new show that even if you don't have that experience, you can still go to. Your seating just isn't as optimal. And I don't really know anything else that's going on in this season. I suppose it'll be cool. Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen a whole lot about it. There, I don't even know whether the show is just specifically The Lion King or whether it's going to be The Lion King and The Jungle Book. There are there are a bunch of pins being released for both. Oh yeah, a bunch of pins, yeah. And actually, I haven't heard much from The Jungle Book aspects of this festival. There's been a lot of Lion King stuff pushed. And when you go onto the Disneyland website, the background animation the background like movement is all lion king themed not jungle book themed Mm. so i wonder if there's going to be an even balance between this it's obviously something to push people going over the summer period yeah so and it fits in like the lion king you'd view as like a summer-esque movie so it's going to be pretty interesting if you have kids again who are interested in lion king and jungle book and animals in general probably a really good time to go when we're talking about summer so from i'd say 
this January, February, March, May. I'd say from end of May, start of June, up until like mid August, end of August probably. Disneyland is very hot. Yes. And Paris can get very hot. Like we're talking 30 to 35 degrees Celsius. So we're talking very warm. So you're not going to be able to do your full rope drop to firework days. So a lot of the time during summer as well, the park stays open till 11, which means the fireworks aren't on till 11 in the evening. And sometimes in the middle of the day, it can get up to like 35 degrees. Which is 95 degrees Fahrenheit. Which I presume for a lot of people who are from Florida, that's not very hot. But just bear in mind that... Europe is not fitted with air conditioning everywhere. No, there is not air conditioning everywhere. There is, um, there isn't like water filling stations everywhere either, which you can obviously water is still completely available, but you will need to take more breaks and sit down more because it is can just get very draining on you, especially if you're from Ireland or the UK where we don't really get this weather very often. It doesn't get like if it gets to 30. It's too hot. Yeah. Because we're just not built for that climate. As my as my boss was saying yesterday, we're blue-white. Blue. We're so white, we're like blue. Oh yeah, that's true, yeah. Like, I I can't really do heat. I've only ever been to Disneyland once when it was really, really hot. And I don't recommend it. It was, I don't know. Unless you're prepared to do like half days and know that you're going to be taking a lot of breaks. And if you have young kids, they're going to get upset very easily. Because if they're in a buggy, like, the buggies get hot. And the floor gets hot. So you just need to keep that in mind if you are planning on booking in the deep summer. Yeah. I'm intrigued to see what this looks like. It's not something... Because that particular kind of time frame, other than if we were, say, going for one of our birthdays or something like that, it's not really a time frame that I would be massively keen on going. Because as you said, there are other times of the year that I would rather book to hit other seasons yeah i agree i would never like from june to september would never spring to mind as a good time to go to disneyland unless it was the very start of september purely for it to be quiet yes that's true yeah you're right so yeah that's the lion king next is my favorite halloween so halloween this year is going to run from the 28th of september to the 3rd of november which is the longest halloween season disneyland paris has ever done mercifully so the offerings are there's a halloween cavalcade that alters so it goes up main street one time and then back down main street another time i think it's only twice yeah that would make sense yeah the halloween cavalcade is great they last year we got the debut of the new mystic manor float it's not the phantom manor float they're very keen to differentiate that but it's super cute. You get to see Mickey kind of going in one door, coming out from another door in a different costume and all this kind of stuff. And there's a ghost bride and a ghost that looks like a phantom that come out and everybody dances. And it's just, it's a super cute parade. It's super fun. There's loads of ghost dancers. I could not be more pleased. I absolutely love it. Halloween's a really good time to go. It can be good, really good. Like it starts to get cold. But I find it's easier to wrap up than it is to cool down. Oh, no. When me and Breffney were there, we were, like, not wearing jackets at all. It was, like, 18, 19 degrees the whole time. It was real warm. Now, I don't know whether that was just an anomaly for when we were there, but it was very warm. It wasn't, like, summer warm, but it was warm, which was nice. And there's also a... Last year, there was the castle show of It's Good to Be Bad. (laughs) And this year, we're getting a new castle show that has Ursula. Don't know what it is. 
Don't know whether it's going to be similar. We have no idea. They seem to change it up every year. So in 2017, there was like the villains on their little tricycles. Oh, yeah. That would parade up and down Main Street. And last year we had the It's Good to Be Bad show. And this year we're getting something new. So maybe they're just testing stuff out and seeing what will work. But yeah. We'll go through, as I said, we'll go through Halloween in more depth. We'll have a Halloween-specific episode um, in a few weeks. But yeah, there's a show and there's an extra parade. Excellent. Now we're on to the best time of the year, which isn't which is Christmas. Christmas is obviously the best time of year to go to Disney because it is the most magical. And it is just fantastic. This year it's running from the 9th of November to the 6th of January. Uh, I just, <laughs> just want to explain to you guys the... <laughs> negative face Sinead had when I said the best time here to go <laughs> I just strongly disagree in my opinion it, Christmas is the best time here to go and in Sinead's opinion Halloween is definitely the best time here to go but that's yep. just uh, differing opinions um, Christmas can be a very popular time to go so just make sure you pick your time correctly for the Christmas period there is a specific Christmas parade that swaps no does Stars on Parade happen as well no yeah. does it yeah Oh no, it does because it happens. Or yeah, so there's a there's a I just can't remember anything these days. There's a Christmas parade um, along with Stars on Parade, so you've got both. The Christmas parade super cute. There's also in Walt Disney Studios last year they had Mickey's Big Band. I was, that's what I thought it was called, but I wasn't sure. And then they also had this sing along show. I didn't go to that. That was really bad, and I hope they don't do it again this year, so they won't talk about it. They also have Goofy's Christmas thing, oh, which yeah, is on Tower of Terror, which I didn't get to see. But I don't think it was overall amazing. It was just something to divert crowds, but that was pretty cute. <clears throat> Excuse me. And there's something else I was going to mention. Oh, yeah. And they're just like thematic things. Like when you're walking down Main Street, there's like the noise of a of a snowstorm coming and all the bells start ringing the decorations that are up during christmas are really cool same as halloween there's a strong influence of decorations as well you can also meet a lot of characters at christmas you can meet characters in different outfits as well and the characters you can meet are different um at like extra magic time so like thumper is out because thumper would be considered a christmas character i don't really know why but Thumper's always out of Christmas. Yeah, it's like Marie. Yeah, Marie's also out of Christmas. Like, I don't really know why. Know. Um, but yeah, without going into too much depth, Christmas is a really good time to go. Christmas can also be a really expensive time to go if you pick the, your dates incorrectly. Um, but it can also be quite an affordable. And if you go, ooh, I'd say start of November-ish, you could get a pretty good deal and still get the... I feel like even when we went, because we went the start of December at a weekend and it was nowhere near as busy as I thought it would be and it definitely wasn't as no I granted we booked a cast member rate room and I had my annual pass so it was definitely cheaper for me but I feel like as a whole it didn't seem as busy or expensive as I thought it would be yeah to go Christmas I agree so Christmas can be a really good time to go um I think even if you went in the first week of January if you're prepared to celebrate Christmas after Christmas I'd say it'd be pretty pretty um pretty cold i'd say it'd be pretty cold but what i was going for was uh pretty quiet i'd say it'd be pretty quiet and it was it was cold when we went yeah it was very very cold. like i was wearing jumpers and jackets and my shoes like you were wearing your shoes i, was wearing shoes. I wore my doc martens for most of the trip but then the last day i did wear my van slip-ons and my feet did get very cold and sinead also made the mistake of wearing 
slip-ons. Only slip-ons. Only slip-ons and her feet were for a reason. So just make sure you bring the correct clothing. Yeah. Also, I, my first time ever to Disneyland Paris, I went, I think it was the week after Christmas had ended, which can also be a good time because Disneyland Paris are lazy with taking down the decorations while the decorations were still up, but all the Christmas stuff was on sale. Hey, look at you go. That was back in 2013. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Disneyland Paris aren't as quick as turnovers as Walt Disney World. So yeah, you might have like a little bit of leeway in time for that. Mm-hmm. So there are all the seasons that Disneyland Paris offer. There's not a whole lot of the year that doesn't have something going on. No. There's maybe like a week here or there. Yeah, so if you like <laughs> planned it for exactly that week where there was nothing on. That would, they might get it really cheap though. Yeah, it'd be quiet. Yeah. So what we're going to do next is we're going to have a quick look through a crowd calendar and just kind of shout out some weeks that are quieter, some weeks that seem to be quite busy. I can see that Kate has January pulled up. Do you want to tell the lovely people about January? Yeah, so it says here that the first week of January this month was actually full red, which meant that it was completely busy. Well, that would have been the last week of Christmas. Oh yeah, you're right. So there you go. Apparently it was still really busy. I know that new year's eve and new year's day which obviously we'll get to at the end of this but they're like the busiest days of the year like busier than christmas so that would probably be your busiest time and then for all of january it's pretty much all green apart from your saturdays and sundays which are pretty red yeah i would assume that's a lot of people who maybe have gotten passes for christmas Mm. and they want to use them straight away now weekends can be pretty busy anyway but particularly in january apart from the first week on weekends you're pretty solid to go yeah so with February, February is very red. I can only assume this is to do with, I don't know, midterms? Yeah. Midterms that early? Also, Valentine's Day is a lot redder than the rest of them. Yeah. So with the exception of the Monday to Friday in the first week of February, everything else is showing up as red. So again, I don't know whether this is to do with midterms or specific holidays. holidays. I don't know, but it's turning up pretty damn red. Then when you get on to March, uh, March is pretty much all red, apart from some reason for the 12th, the 13th, and the 14th of March, which is a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, which is green. That's weird. It is weird. That might be an anomaly. Hmm. Um, but pretty much the rest of March is red, so don't go during March. Same with April. There's like two days of green in April. There's a couple of yellow, and all the rest is red, red, red. We were there during April. Don't go during April because every country has their midterm, their Easter break at some stage in April. So all of April's just going to be busy. Yeah. So if you can avoid it, try not to. Then when you hop into May, the first week in May is our um, red, orangey. But then as you disperse down into May, it gets pretty green. And it gets pretty green and pretty yellow. And yellow is pretty, yellow is pretty mild as well, so it's okay. The week after we were there, everything was a five, ten minute wait. Yeah, so everything was really quiet and really dead. So if you can go, what week would that have been? The first full week of May? Yeah. Go then. So that was pretty, it was like everything was five minutes. Even Phantom Manor was five minutes and I just reopened. Yeah, we just, we just did it wrong. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Well, one of my June. June. June is pretty, it seems to be pretty all right. It's that kind of weird, like, day glow green. So it's somewhere between quiet and kind of busy. I'd say that's because school holidays haven't quite started, but it's still getting quite warm. Yeah. So June's so pretty. June seems to be perfectly fine. When we get into July, it starts getting more orangey, more yellowy orangey. It does start off pretty green, which is fab. Again, your Saturdays are your most busy time periods, as your oranges and your reds. 
But mostly during the weeks, you're pretty fine. The only thing that would deter me is if I had an annual pass and I lived in France, it would be so hot that I probably wouldn't want to go to Disneyland, which is possibly why these are as light as they are. Fair. August is pretty consistently orange. I would say it's probably, because I know UK schools don't have a massive amount off and most of them are off in August. In August, yeah. August looks like it'll be quite a busy period. People going on holidays before their kids go back to school. So, yeah, August is pretty, pretty busy. Then we go on to September. September is green like the green fields of Ireland. It is so green. Again, your Saturdays are your busiest times. So we suggest not going at Saturdays because if you have an annual pass, you're probably going to go on Saturdays. But the rest of September is pretty green and pretty good to go. Um, Obviously, because everyone's gone back to school, so no one's going to be going on uh, majorly on holidays at september but we've been at september and it was actually the best time in the world it was great it was it was it wasn't dead dead but it was it was it was comfortable yeah i agree um october the start of october midweek is beautifully green the week that we are there is so lovely lovely green it's so green i'm so happy the weekends again are quite busy and then as you creep towards halloween it does get progressively busier but if you're going the start of october which means you'll still get to the the only thing to do with halloween that you won't get to see is what happens at the paid events but everything else around it you still get to see the show you'll still get to see the parade you'll still get to see all the characters and the decorations so beautiful yeah then when you move into november as you can anticipate it's going to be busy up until the 3rd of november because that's when the halloween period ends and then it hits pretty green because we're on that mid period between halloween and christmas Whereas Christmas does start on the 9th of November, which is a Saturday this year. So it does start then, but a lot of people won't be coming to the parks until end of November, start of December to witness Christmas. So you're on a pretty green, like, tide there, and then apart from the weekends, which gets quite red. Yeah, and then into December, there's quite a bit more green in December than I thought there would be. Um, the week, The weekend that we were there last year is showing as kind of an orangey red but again i really didn't think it was as busy as i thought it would have been it felt much less busy then than the week that we just went a few oh weeks yeah ago. absolutely 100 so it weirdly at the start of december was quieter than it was in april midweek so just avoid april may yeah highly suggest no 100 but again as like once it hits christmas week it's very very busy mm-hmm. all disney parks are busy around christmas it just is what it is so yeah but again i i'll be sure to link the crowd calendar calendar that we're looking at none of it is definitive none of it is set in stone there are anomalies to these things but particularly if you don't have to factor in booking around kids or anything like that if you are just going as some friends or if you're going with your partner or whatever do have a look at a crowd calendar and just try and see if there's a season that you want to go to. If there's a particular week during that season that looks to be quieter than others, you will obviously have a better experience when it's not heaving with people. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much it for when you want to go. So that is everything for the time of year that you may choose to go and what might influence it. Some of the stuff, there might be some specific things that you guys have thought of that if you're interested in going at these particular times that you have questions about. So feel free to DM us on Instagram. We're always happy to 
dole out advice. There, there are fewer things we enjoy more. It gives us so much joy. Like I'm known where I'm known by a lot of people that I work with as a Disney nut. And sometimes when they go on holidays, they're like, oh, we're thinking of spending like a day in Disneyland Paris. You like Disneyland, right? Like, what should we do? And I'm like, okay, well, first of all, we're going to go for coffee and then we're going to sit down. We're going to get the binder. (laughs) So by all means, DM us, um, shoot us a message. Here's a list of apps. Yeah. (laughs) So if you want like specific info on stuff, just hit us up and we'll happily help you guys out. Yep. So, obviously, once you've picked when you want to go, you have to figure out how you're going to get there. Because, unfortunately, apparition does not currently exist. This will very much be done from the standpoint of Irish people going to Disneyland Paris. Because we, we're well aware it's mainly Irish people that listen to us. Yeah. And we also only really have experience of getting to Disneyland Paris <laughs> from Ireland. Yeah, so if you're one of our delightful listeners that listen from America or any other country that isn't Ireland... Of course, there are multiple different ways to get to Disneyland Paris, but we will be focusing on having to get to Disneyland Paris from Ireland, not even from the UK, because the UK can get, like, the Eurotunnel and they can get flights from different airports and that kind of stuff. We will just be solely focusing on Irlande. Mm-hmm. So, I... There's two main ways that you can get to Disneyland Paris. There is... You can hop on a plane and fly over. Ooh. Or you can go on a boat. I'll cover the airplane because it's the only thing I've ever done and Kate has experience of going via a boat mm-hmm. so I'll let her cover that off because let's be real I won't know what I'm talking about <laughs> so generally we have found that you can get flights to Disneyland Paris in and out of from Dublin airport to Charles de Gaulle for around anywhere between 100 and 130 euro per person it's just a rough guide but keep an eye on Skyscanner that's return return yes Usually we end up flying Aer Lingus. Aer Lingus tend to be a little bit cheaper, but there is usually this like little, little like sweet spot where you can get Air France flights a little bit cheaper than Aer Lingus, which is what we're going to be doing for our trip in October. So we would always recommend if you were flying, flying to Charles de Gaulle, you have so many more options to get to the park from the airport than you do any other airports which we will go through when we're talking about where to book and what to book and whatnot for the love of god do not book with Ryanair and do not go to Bavo. you will have an absolute nightmare getting to and from the park so just just don't do the hassle pay the extra money go with Aer Lingus you can bring more luggage with you you can bring a backpack and a mini suitcase with no extra cost and it's just so much more simple to get to the park from when you get to the airport the flight is about an hour and a half yeah, it's an hour and a half to two hours. Unless depending you get on yeah, unless you have delayed for ten years. Oh. But depending on I'd say depending on weather and certain delays, it's definitely between an hour and a half and two hours. Yeah. Charles de Gaulle is really easy to navigate. They have squishy escalators for some untold re- untold reason. And you go through a tunnel on an escalator, which again, no one really understands why. Charles de Gaulle is not difficult to navigate, it's just weird. It's very strange. It's like a circle surrounded by ten mini circles. It's very strange, so just be prepared for that. But, like, I don't speak a lick of French and I can still navigate Charles de Gaulle very easily. It is a very, I was about to say it's a very well thought out airport. It's not. No, it's not. It's very... Easily signposted. It's very user friendly. Sure, yeah. And for whatever reason, the Irish gates are always beside the Japanese gates more often than not so 
Yeah, so you're always coming in from people from Tokyo. Yeah. Always. So, yeah. Flying is, would always be my preference to go to Disneyland Paris. I don't think I have the patience to go via the boat, personally. When I can just, hour and a half, over on plane, 100 euro, bish, bash, bosh. Perfect. So, that would be our recommendation for getting the plane. Go Dublin to Charles de Gaulle. Happy days. Yeah, absolutely. The flying is obviously the easiest option. If you are planning on going to Disneyland Paris as part of a whole French trip, or if you're trying to do Disneyland Paris extremely cheap in certain ways, you can also take the ferry. Also, if you don't like, like if you're up for driving around France, by all means bring your car on the ferry and that kind of stuff. The only reason I wanted to put the ferry in here is because that I know with, oh, it's either Stenline or Irish Ferries, if any of you guys have a Tesco club card, you can, there's a system that Tesco do where you can convert your club card points instead of using them for vouchers in store, you can change them into vouchers for experiences. And one of the vouchers you can change them into is, I'm pretty sure it's Stenoline. You can change them into Stenoline vouchers. Then when you take those vouchers, when you transfer those, your points double in value. So you can get how many points doubled to the value of like 300 euro in Stenoline vouchers just from your club card points. So depending on what time of the year you book your ferry, you can pay for your entire ferry just with club car points, which makes your full transport to France for free. Um, also, if you are traveling with a family of maybe two young children, having your own car might be a really big help. Um, you also don't have to, if you don't want to go through the hassle of flying. Also, if you don't like flying, yeah. I know people who really just can't stomach flying, just go on the boat. It is quite a long boat. It is an overnight boat. So I suggest you book a cabin. A lot of people tend to forget about booking cabins and then they're sort of stuck because it is overnight. Like you can get a full night's sleep on the boat, but booking a cabin means you get four beds. Now it is a very small room, but you're literally just going to be sleeping anyway. Um, but it is definitely a way to do Disney from Ireland. Maybe not the most direct way to do it, but if you are planning on having a two-week trip to France... You're probably not going to spend those entire two weeks in Disneyland. So if you want a two-week trip to France, but your first stop is Disney, the ferry is definitely another way to go as well. Yeah. From what we looked it up, it looks to be around the 500 mark. Just for the dates that we looked up, it, again, as Kate said, it can vary. And it says it takes 17 to 19 hours to get from Rosslare to Cherbourg. Cherbourg, yeah. Um, also, Stenline do a lot of offers throughout the year where kids go free and sometimes you only have to pay for the driver in the car. So just keep an eye out. It is just don't think you can only fly. That's my, yeah. only, that's my only point there. So that was part one of our trip planning series, shall we call it. Next week, we are going to talk about the different places you can book and where you can potentially make some savings by either booking direct or potentially even booking through a different URL. So rather than going to DisneylandParis.e, maybe going through DisneylandParis.co.uk might be cheaper. Kate's done that, so we'll find out. I got a C in higher level maths for my leaving cert, so I'm pretty sure this is all going to be just fine. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye.